0: our advent season here but I promise there's a reason it might seem weird starting our advent season in Matthew chapter 21 where we see Jesus on the path to Jerusalem coming into Jerusalem seven six five days away from dying it might seem weird that we would start towards the end of Jesus life as we get ready to talk about the beginning of Jesus life But there's a reason. And the reason is found in the words of Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, as we see the way in which God has prepared his people, no, not just in the few years leading up to Jesus' arrival, but for generations and generations before, how God used prophecy to prepare his people for their coming king. That's why we're starting in Matthew chapter 21. Because Matthew chapter 21 reveals to us many, many things about who that king comes for as he enters this world in a manger and as he enters the city of Jerusalem. Jesus finds himself on his way to Jerusalem and he he goes through Bethphagia. And this is... It's a walk that he had to have known well. It's a walk that all of the Jewish people at that time would have known extraordinarily well at that point because every single year when the Passover came around, that was the big celebration. That was what everybody got excited for. They would would make these journeys, these treks. It was a family thing, an extended family thing where they would walk into Jerusalem together. And here we see Jesus doing it with his disciples but the tone feels different. And that's because the reason is different. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Sort of an oddly specific way to start out the text. Did we really need to know how they were going to procure the donkey for Jesus? Is that really all that important or can't we just say that they got a donkey and now Jesus is on the donkey and he's riding in? But that's not what happens here. No, there's great time and care taken by the gospel writer Matthew to make sure that we know just exactly how this whole event came to pass, that it wasn't some type of, okay, here it is moment, but instead that God had ordained this to happen from the moment he was making prophecies about Jesus riding in on a donkey, that this moment in time was on its way. And Jesus doesn't send them out on some type of, some type of fool's errand. It's not as if Jesus goes, "Well, good luck, go, go ahead and try to find a donkey." And as while you're stealing this donkey, somebody might say, "Hey, why are you stealing my donkey? Go ahead and tell him the Lord needs it." No, this isn't uh, good luck with that moment. This is Jesus saying, "Here's what's going to happen. in the menial. Seemingly minute details, Jesus reveals himself again and again as the God, the King, who does not let one iota, not one little itty-bitty detail, slip through the cracks. And he does so by making sure that this would be recorded for us in the future to see exactly how they got this donkey that found his way into the prophecy from of old. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the full of a donkey. The quote takes us back to to Zechariah chapter 9, where we see this prophecy come into existence. It's, It's quoted almost exactly in the New Testament there. We see that back when Zechariah was preaching to a people that were oppressed, that were 550 years away from this moment happening, the clarity is still there. See, he comes in riding on a donkey. You see, one of the cool things that we learn from our reading this morning is that God has intent when he makes prophecies. Because God didn't need to give us those prophecies. No, God could have just sent a Savior into the world. He didn't have to tell anybody who was going to come. He didn't have to he didn't have, to have uh, some type of coming out party for him. He didn't have to have some type of uh, thing that gave him away to the people of old. No, God could have just sent a son. But he made the prophecies first for us. For three reasons. First, to give hope to the downtrodden who received the prophecies. Second, to remind those who came after them that God was going to continue to keep his word to them. And third, for people like us, who now live at the time of the prophecy or after the prophecy has occurred, so that we can look back and see the certainty of what God has ordained throughout history. Think about what it must have been like for somebody at the time of of Zechariah when this prophecy was spoken. And everything seems so distant. Salvation, freedom, they seem so far off. And God comes and he says, don't worry, you have hope. Great. Great. You have all of this hope and then you get older and you don't see the prophecy come to fruition and you pass that prophecy down to your kids and they pass that prophecy down to their kids and they still don't see the Savior coming and yet God time and time again reminds his people of this prophecy so that in the interim he can say, don't worry, I'm still going to keep my promise all the way up until today, when we actually get to see that king riding in on a donkey, when we get to see the king coming in that lowly manger, so that we can be absolutely certain that the Savior that was being talked about all the way back in Genesis, all the way through the Pentateuch, through the prophets, through the minor prophets, through the Psalms, that the Savior that was being talked about in prophecy has found his way into our lives and into our hearts today. These prophecies, they're for you. And these prophecies are for your comfort. So that God can show you exactly what He plans to give to you and then give you exactly what He said He was going to. So, what kind of king would you have liked? This is kind of the time where we start to think about Christmas shopping. Maybe Christmas shopping is supposed to be done by now. I'm not really sure anymore these days. We put lists together. We buy things for loved ones. We buy things for friends. Sometimes they just send us the Amazon link and we go, okay, easy, add to cart. I remember um, a couple years back when when I started dating uh, Jamie, we were about three months into our relationship when Christmas rolled around. You might see where the story is going. And I thought, no, I'm not going to ask her what she wants. I'm just going to give her things out of the goodness of my heart, what I think she's going to like. And the amount of apprehension that takes place in that moment as you're watching that person that you love very, very much open that gift and you're not 100% sure if they're going to like what's inside, it's a little terrifying. Because we all have it in mind what we want. And when it comes to a savior, when it comes to a king, we all have in mind what we want as well. And sometimes, sometimes those two things don't match up. What God has decided to give us in a king and what we wanted. Do you know the significance of of the donkey that Jesus is riding in on? You would think for a a king to enter into a place, you you think of like a, a motorcade. Or at the very least, something back in the day would be like a chariot and horses and soldiers and armies. And yet Jesus finds himself on a donkey. There's significance to it. Not just because it was prophesied, but because the idea of the king of God's people riding in on a donkey has meaning. It means peace. It means that this king is coming with God's authority behind him. Not with his own armies. Not with his own chariots. But with God's strength and his arm behind him to make peace. And as Jesus rides in, that's exactly what he was planning on doing. Making peace. But maybe the people didn't quite understand what type of peace Jesus would be bringing. You see the excitement that they have there. It says, The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and the crowds that followed shouted, This crowd seems ready. I don't think we can completely comprehend and fathom the commotion, the pandemonium that's going on in this picture. Jesus is on his way in, and the crowds can't help but try to line up in front of him or chase him down from behind and throw stuff in his way, throw the cloaks down in his way so that he might have a level path to come through. Yeah, they're all excited. And they're all crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. They knew this person was something different. They knew that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies that they had heard about from the time they were this tall in Zechariah and in so many other books of the prophets. They might not have known exactly what Jesus was planning to do there, but they looked at him and they said, You must be someone important. Hosanna. God save us. God save us from what? And it's tough. We don't necessarily want to speculate on each individual person in the crowd and what they thought their, their Lord Jesus was going to save them from at that moment. But one thing we do seem to realize here is that there's some confusion as to who he actually is. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. All the excitement of the world. Roaring crowds, making their way for this new king. And what do they think he was? A prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. As we approach this Advent season, there are people that see the Christmas Day coming and they want something from God that isn't at all what, what God plans on giving. There are people that maybe aren't, aren't religious, but they recognize the, the importance of the season. And so they'll say, it's a wonderful thing, Christmas. We get the ch- chance to get together with family and just take a break from the, the running world. Kind of. But that's not everything. Everything. There are people that are a little bit more religious. Maybe they would even say that they're Christian that would say, yes, Christmas is a wonderful thing because we get this opportunity to to do more for others. Beautiful thing. But they're missing something. There are even other people that would say, no, Christmas is about one thing. Christmas is about Jesus. And then we would go, yes, yes it is. And then they would say, because he's such a good moral teacher. And the reason that he came into this world is so that we could live more like him. And they missed the point. They missed the point of this king that is here to bring peace. And as we go through these next four weeks and we get ready for Christmas and we we do all of the things that go with that, Brothers and sisters, let me urge you today, don't miss the point. Don't be confused about who's coming for you. Because the king of glory and peace is coming for you the king of glory and peace who comes into this world not just to make political peace, not just to make peace in families, not just to make peace among arguing sides. No, our king of glory and peace comes to make peace between you and God himself. To win the victory that matters. To go to the cross and die in humiliation that is truly triumph. Our king is a different king than so many people expect because he's a better king than the one they're expecting. That's our privilege here. We know who our king is. We know that our king isn't here just to to conquer some issues in our daily lives or anything like that. He is here to conquer the one issue that we have no ability to conquer ourselves. He's here to bring a peace that is a real peace for real broken people. You know, every year you could... You could come into the Christmas season, you could say, this is going to be great, I'm going to get a chance to relax. But those other 11 months, you're not going to relax. You could say, the Christmas season is a great time to focus on Jesus and how he lived a moral life. And you could try to do that for a month, but those ever, the other 11 months are going to come right around the corner. This month, we get a message from our king that is Lasting. We get a message from our king that is eternal. You have something special. You have the gospel itself. Christ coming in a manger. The Lord of glory taking on humble form for you. Spread it like wildfire. Invite your friends and your family to come and hear at Christmas Eve once again... That Christmas isn't about them and the way that they are going to try to work their life to be a better, more relaxing, more comfortable thing. But instead, this season is about looking forward to a God who promises salvation and who makes good on all of those prophecies for you. The king is coming. Let's rejoice. Amen.